Yo, welcome back to Desire the Fire. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I'm being geeky and nerdy, but... Um, you should have yeah. seen his finger gestures. <laughs> Podcasting is amazingly visual, but uh, <laughs> yeah, welcome back, guys. We're uh, episode three, episode three, episode three, three, three Trinity. Yes, CP three. <laughs> oh my god, you're wearing a jersey with a number three on it. Well, it was like thirty four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to Desire the Fire, episode number three. We are three episodes in. How are you feeling? Oh, I can't believe we got this far. Every every time, you know, it's just wow. We actually got this started, and we're here, and you guys are still here with us. Yeah. yeah. So um, this is just straightforward, you know. Uh, it's just our voices. Uh, maybe we'll uh, enter in some sounds later. I don't know. We're gonna have an uh, intro music, we'll, right? We'll have intro music. It's gonna sound like fire. Just fire, like crackling, <laughs> like <laughs> like crackling and stuff. Yeah. And should we just have like a campfire as our intro and our outro? Fire. It's like crackling the wood and where did you come come where did you go where did you come 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 I feel like everyone's gonna fall asleep because of the soothing sounds of it no <laughs> that'd be interesting I don't know what we'll do but by the time you hear this you will have heard it yes and it's wherever our imagination takes us I guess <laughs> all right so we're back Chandler and Daniel are we're back again with another desire the fire episode and this week's topic we're going to be talking about uh some uh mission stories short-term mission stories yeah. uh have you uh, how many mission stories or how missions have you gone on i don't remember it's a lot right just the overseas ones over oh uh, just okay if we wanted yeah let's just start with that alaska first. one time alaska i guess technically you're going over the sea right that's how you got there not really. You drove up there? No, or? we we flew up, but it went like through like Seattle. Oh. I guess they fly over Were you the landlocked ocean. the whole time and flying up there? I don't know. I wasn't looking out the window. Oh. oh well, I guess t- let's, let's just be <laughs> out of the country. <laughs> let's just out of the country? Yeah. Yeah, you go to Mexico. We go to Thailand. Thailand. Cambodia. You know, this is actually the first year I'm Afghan. staying in America during the summer since I've become a Christian. Really? So, like, I haven't seen the 4th of July. I haven't seen, like, fireworks. Wow. And You're but, not missing out. <laughs> well, the cool well, thing about staying... It was fun staying, blowing stuff up, but <laughs> it's better. The mission is better. Is it? Well, the cool thing about it, about it is uh, this time around, I actually get to stay home for my dad's birthday. I've missed that for, like, the last eight years, I think it is. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> and then uh, we've got Father's Day and everything, and... Man, hopefully one day we're going to be celebrating my Father's Day. I don't know about you, but uh, anyway, that's a whole other thing altogether. Daniel's going to be a father? Uh, one day. We'll see. <laughs> God willing. I was like, are you going to announce something on no, the third no, episode no, no. of this podcast? Ooh, that'd be, this would be an awkward. And, uh, yeah, my wife and I would have a, a lot to talk about. There might not be an episode at four after, not something like that. <laughs> we stop at episode three. <laughs> oh, man. You guys have to keep praying for us, okay? Please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we um we've gone to uh, some countries. Um I forget I forget I go to some countries sometimes. What was the worst like commute or whatever traveling to a mission field? Well, what country would you say that was for you? Afghan. Afghan? But I loved it. Well, so like what did the what there? did the travel over there actually look like? What was it composed well, of? It was like what was it like 12 13 hours to Korea? 
Oh, you went to Korea uh, and, and then, then we went to Dubai. Okay. And because you can't go direct from to Afghanistan. Well, then, like I, I thought, you go the other way around the world. You know, like some people like, do that. England first. Or? I think it's all right. So with Afghan people, have said um, you throw a rock mm. up into space, and the and the globe, the Earth rotates 180 mm-hmm. degrees. Is it not 180? Yeah, 180. Moved, okay, so he yeah. just flipped it around. Flipped it around, and the rock fell where you like threw it. Yeah. That would be Afghan. From here in the United States. From here in California. What though? Because unlike in cartoons, if you go dig all China? the way down, you're in China, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, Afghan no, that's on the other yeah. side of the world. Well, it's it's like if you envision a globe yeah. on the same latitude. Yeah. So it it can't be China. Well, maybe if you dig, China's a big place. It is. Eventually, if you dig, like, in Washington, D.C., maybe it's China. It's not, Afghan's not that big. Oh, because the U.S. is a big place, too. Yeah, U.S. So is depending a big on where too. you threw it up from. Yeah, but from California, you threw it up, it should land in Afghanistan. So I take it the climate there is real similar to what we have Dude, here. Dude, man, I stepped out of, okay, so we went from Korea to Dubai to Afghan mm. to Kabul, and I stepped out, and I'm like, am I home? Oh, like, really? It felt like... California. I walked out of the airport and it was like the, the bus stop, basically, because it's so like <laughs> it's not an airport; it's a bus stop that you land on. And it was like, dude, where are we right now? I was like, are do we just? I, I feel like I didn't go anywhere. It was pretty amazing. That's interesting. <laughs> well, I just figured like if you're gonna go around to Afghanistan, then you'd probably go what, the Europe route because I mean we're, we're Asians; we see Asia all the time. You know, when I, when I went to Turkey, I went through. Uh, England. Well, Turkey's a little further to the left, to the east, I guess. Uh-huh. From the west? Oh, man. I'm like, I my- think that's where it's cut off. So it's like Turkey, you go through the other way. Afghan, you'll go through the other way. It's the okay, Middle okay. East, I guess. Right, so it's right. like you pick and choose. Okay, okay. Right? So you were saying it's like a 12-hour flight to... Right, 12-hour flight and then another Korea. like eight-hour flight to Dubai. So it's like 20 hours, right? Oh, my gosh. And then another like... Um, like two hour, three hour flight to Afghan, Kabul, and from Kabul we went like three hours into the city, oh. and then we went um, six hours into bus, and then we went another like ten hours to where oh my I was. Gosh, at. There's like no end to this. So you spent like a week traveling, pretty much. No, yeah, not a week, like was, two, three I days. There, yeah, it, it was a good week just trying to get to where we were. Oh my going. gosh. It was just a place where we're, you know, short-term ministry, short-term mm-hmm. missions. You're there to help the ministry. You're there to just connect people. You're there. Um, you're not really there to make your own impact, but you're there to help the people around you. The right, mission, right. Missionaries there. Well, that's cool. Uh, I, I guess you're going to mark that off on your uh, bucket list uh, of places to go, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's on many people's bucket list. <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't think that's on anyone's bucket list. Uh, I wouldn't mind just seeing, uh, I don't know, what, what do they have out there? Uh, it's pretty amazing. Middle Eastern food? I like Middle Eastern it's, food. It's, for the people that has, have never gone on missions or even have gone to Afghanistan, you can't believe the photos. Like, the southern part is where, like, Kandahar, that's where it's really, really dangerous. Right. But to a certain degree, like, you guys will think, a lot of people will think I'm crazy for saying this, mm-hmm. but it's like, if you had never gone to California, mm-hmm. people are saying California's 
entirely dangerous. You know why? Why? Because the blood's in the crypts. Oh. Are you serious? People really think like that outside of California? No, no, no. But oh, that's how I feel like figuratively, oh, okay, that's okay. how people like Afghanistan is still dangerous. Right. There's still a lot of dangers there. You, you have to be careful. Mm. And that's not something that you go around like dressing like in the way that you would dress in America and you would go there. Right. And there's a lot of different things that we can touch on. But the people there, they're not all like Taliban. They're not all bad. And the areas that we did go to were opposing Taliban. So if they did come in, Taliban would have no say in the areas that we did go to. We, I see, I see. We did have to... Well, yeah, yeah, But you do hit those areas that are dangerous and you have to be careful. But it's there. But it's beautiful. It's not all desert. It snows during the winter in Kabul. Nice. Um, it's... Uh, the people are so friendly, so nice. They're incredibly smart. Mm. Like, it... Just the reason why I feel like that area is not as developed as it could be, those people are incredibly smart. Like the way that they speak English, the way they teach themselves. Like I don't understand how – like I go there and I didn't have to speak – I spoke a little bit of Farsi. Salam alaikum. But um, – <laughs> Sure. <laughs> but yeah, but you didn't have to – like they knew English right off the bat. Mm. And uh, I think just being a war-torn country, not having money, like oh. economy being in shambles, um, their land was always fought on and stuff. Like they didn't have time to build. Right, right. And, and what's the point if you're just going to get taken down again? Yeah, and their culture, like the Taliban, I, I think there was the Taliban that removed all like they can't sing, they can't dance. Those things are like gone. Oh. So everyone's like tone deaf. I was so shocked. I picked <laughs> up the guitar. I was playing it and they're like, whoa, cool. Like they're like trying to like, like you're so good. And I'm like, no, I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> you should just said, yeah, dude, I'm like the movie star in America I'm, and stuff. I'm, my name's John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Tomlin, Joel Houston. Oh man. Well, Afghanistan sounds awesome, I guess. What's I mean, if you put it like that. <laughs> What's the farthest you had to go? Furthest I've gone, um, just traveling wise. I think uh, there was a mission trip I took to Thailand, and it wasn't necessarily the traveling itself, but the the commute there because uh, we got uh, we got there through uh, airline that doesn't take you directly to Thailand. There what? are flights that go straight there, but we had to lay over. You always go directly. I know, but we were just trying to save money. We were sending a lot of people at the time, and so where'd you guys go? So we took we took a layover in Korea, which was like like you said, a twelve thirteen hour flight, and then another flight down to Bangkok which is the capital city of Thailand. And um, that was another eight hours. And we had to Saudi actually... Kaap. <laughs> Saudi Kaap. And like, we had to stay overnight at the airport before we could get to the bus station that opened up at 6 a.m. So Ouch. Like, it's okay. Like, you're not actually stuck in a vehicle. But then at the same time, you have no shelter, really, that you're sleeping in. So you're just kind of sleeping on the, the ceramic flooring of the airport. <laughs> And, you know, we got real creative. We took our jackets and wore them as, like, long pants and stuff like that. Too. What? But, oh, man, it's a long story. But <laughs> we stayed overnight about another 10 hours before the bus station opened uh, the next morning. And we, we drove out. It was about an eight-hour bus ride up to the city of Chiang Mai. And oh, you went to Chiang Mai? Yeah. Was, oh, man, once we got there, like, nice. it's like all the, all the fatigue from traveling just, like, wears away because it's, like, a total, like, honeymoon desti- destination. Uh-huh. And like uh, the place we worked at, typically it's uh, when we when we get to these places, the missionaries that we work with, they're they're not the most uh, uh, financially lavished. But this place was supported by a lot of foreigners, and so uh, what happened was they had like their own resort type of place. They have a swimming pool, and like they have uh, like computer labs and all these different things. And so like when we got there, we're like, is this really missions? You know, it's like <laughs> we're living in a, in a lavish of a uh, society and all that. But it was probably the worst. However, I think. Uh, the most interesting one was uh, when I went to Mongolia. 
uh, a lot of people have this, uh, you know, we, we think of like Chinggis Khan and like uh, there's like a Mongol person that comes out in like blood sport against Jean-Claude Van Damme. Is that how you're supposed to say it? Chinggis Khan? Ching- uh, it's uh, it's uh, subjective, Khan, I guess. Well, we say, Khan. they say Chinggis. Chinggis like Chinggis? Chinggis, like C-H-I-N-G-G-I-S. Uh, okay. Yeah, they go, so Chinggis Khan and like... It's, they, our, it's our great-grandfather, great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great. Our ancestor <laughs> somewhere. I'm pretty sure, like, he impregnated a bunch of Korean you are uh, You are the hairiest Korean I know. Yeah, th- so <laughs> naturally people would assume that Mongolian people are hairy like me. You know, I got hair on my... So face? that's not from Genghis Khan? Huh? That's no. not from Genghis Khan? You know, if you look at actual portraits of him, he has those little, like, tiny, like, you know, like the, the fish whiskers. You know, yeah, he has a going on. And, like, it's a little, like, you know, those sage, Chinese sage <laughs> beards going on and stuff. So that's, you, you just come from somewhere else. Dude, I, I think I picked it up from, like, a bear. Uh, Korean, is, uh, Korean folktale says that he, first Korean people came from a female bear. This is not right. <laughs> <laughs> Not biblical at all. <laughs> yeah, this is not good. <laughs> but I think I'm part bear somewhere and part, like, probably unicorn. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Mongol is awesome. Like, you know, you were mentioning, like, it doesn't look like pictures in Afghanistan at all. But if you open, if you've ever had, like, Windows XP and, you know, that default uh, background that you have on your Windows XP screen was just, like, a field of grass and, like, blue skies and all that stuff, that's what Mongolia was like. But then when you get closer, you see that grass isn't there no more. It's all, like, Goat poo and horse poo and all that stuff too. It was real, it was real fun. Uh, we had a lot of time to uh, intermingle with uh, a lot of the Mongolians. You get to do a lot of uh, livestock herding and stuff like that. They, they're still a nomadic society, or rather, they choose to be a nomadic society. And so it, it's pretty cool just being there. Um, Did you get to drink horse milk? Yeah, about that. <laughs> uh, they're notorious. Or, uh, anyway, they love doing this to tourists or foreigners coming, but they, they have this unique product called ho- horse milk, and it's uh, the milk from a horse, just like it sounds, but it's the most foul, like, foul. sour, uh, dairy. Like, I, I don't know how you, it's, it tastes very much like dairy, but very much like vinegar at the same time. and like Milky vinegar. Oh, it's terrible. You drink it and, like, you know. <laughs> We've had some horror stories and, and broken a number of toilets as a result of that, too. But, oh, jeez. Oh they love feeding that stuff to us because of our terrible reactions. Do they like it? They There there are a lot of them that really do. And there are a lot of them just like, like it because of the effect it has on us. <laughs> but it's popular enough in Mongolia to where they have their own horse milk brand ice cream. And so it's kind of jacked up because you have vanilla ice cream and horse milk ice cream and they're both white and they both have like white oh, black yes, specks on it. baby. <laughs> and like, you know, you're just like, if you're not wary and you're just like eating any random ice cream, oh, you're like, oh, root shit. surprise, man. <laughs> I've never thrown away as many ice creams as I have in Mongolia. Let's put it that way. No way. You threw away ice cream. That's, oh, that's like sacrilegious. I don't even know if that's the word for it. I think it's, I mean, we both are huge fans of ice cream, right? <sighs> Yeah, but I actually had to throw that thing away. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was one of the more interesting ministries we had. Have you had any interesting stories, like anything you experienced, people, like? I think more within ourselves. Uh, we're out there, and uh, so part of our ministry in Mongolia is what we do is uh, we travel around in these jeeps. And we're just traveling around trying to reach the nomadic people. Uh-huh. And you got to go, like, hours before you'll see, like, one hut. They call them gears, but one hut. Right, and there's so many stories. I say. <laughs> like the thing is, because it's a nomadic society, you don't expect a lot of plumbing out there. You don't expect like the nation to be covered in like pipes and stuff like that. Of course not. So bathroom stories are always the funniest, right? 
But the real fun, like one of the funniest things was uh, at the time, I, I, I was taking a bunch of students. I was uh, one of the mission team leaders myself. And uh, we were going out there, and one of the guys was using the bathroom. Now, the thing is, since, he's been in, since he had been in Mongolia, he had tanned significantly, right? I got real dark, and like, um, we're out there, and he was using the bathroom. And the thing is, we don't have like sheds or anything like that to use as bathrooms. We kind of have to go out on the field. It's like a mile or two away because it's all flat. You know, mile or two away. you can see everybody. But it then, looks like it's a hundred feet away. Yeah, but it's a but mile. It's like a mile. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be walking thirty minutes, and it just looks like you walked five feet and stuff. <laughs> like, you know. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy was so like urgent that he decided to go to go to poo in like the the pig's poo pen. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a pig, sorry, goat's poop pen. Okay. And like, he's kind of like down there. You see a bunch of goats around him. They're just oh, like minding so their gross. business. And all of a sudden, one of the girls starts cracking up really, like, <laughs> she's like crazy because she has this perfect line of sight to where he is. <laughs> and like, his butt. In retrospect to the rest of his skin, is super white. She, so, was, she was cracking up. She, she didn't was like, scream. <laughs> she was like busting up. It was like the funniest thing because she was eating a oh, like a mouthful of bread, and so she started like boom, like an explosion coming out of her mouth. And like you had the whitest butt on the blackest guy, and like oh my gosh, it was hilarious. Oh, man. And like he's cool. He's cool about it too. So he's just like whatever is about it, but. Oh my gosh, it was one of the funniest things that we've seen. So one of the, this is just a short story since yours was a little longer, but um, I was teaching English in Thailand and I was like, okay, you guys need to repeat after me, like bread. And they're like, bread, <laughs> bread, bread. And then they're like, um, okay, elevators, like elevator, <laughs> elevator. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> And I realized they're they're making fun of me because the way that I speak, I'm oh. like, elevator, and they're like elevator. <laughs> <laughs> Thai people are awesome though in that, aren't they? Oh, they call it the land of a thousand smiles, right? They're, they're always smiling, at and they're you. always like trolling, dude. <laughs> man, they're uh, man. I went to Thailand last year actually, and they're they're the biggest trolls I've ever seen on the, the planet. <laughs> really? Ever, from day one, they they're just picking on me the whole time. Was, you know, um, they named uh, like the name Peter. Mm-hmm. They would. They name you Peter. Peter, you <laughs> know like what? a Russian twist to it. You no, know Peter is. <laughs> What's that? It's a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> in in Thai. Oh my god. <laughs> Something oh. like that. I'm probably not saying it right, but they're saying that that's like- a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, Thai name was Pitak. 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 That, that was yours. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? That means uh, protector. It's actually the name of Ultraman over there. <laughs> <laughs> Because I said Andrew, one of the the secondary definitions is defender. Oh, <laughs> I bet you like the Ultraman reference, though, huh? <laughs> I didn't really care, but it sounded kind of weird, like Pitak. <laughs> it's like no Pitak, no. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I just, I just want to buy this. It's like no. Um, so I, I guess we've firmly established that Andrew and I have a lot of mission stories. But hey, what's um? Let's. I thought that was really funny. Um, remember when uh. You got hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> Which was also the year that you were in Afghanistan. <laughs> wow, that, talk about a crazy year that Could year, you huh? tell me what happened, that perspective, My about goodness. what happened, about our people got... <laughs> Get, getting hit by a car. And then, yeah, what Man, happened? there's like a long story to that, though. Yeah, okay. tell us this Long story, story short, uh, basically, one no, of my... Long story, long story, long story, and we'll... 
this is it. We don't have any part B for this one. Okay, so we're just talking about missions today. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I was in China at the time, and we were just going out there. And it, it was Sunday evening, and this is like our second week into being in China. So by this time, we've had a number of contacts with people. People were interested in the gospel, and we're just trying to follow up with them and stuff. And so on Sunday night, uh, one of our sisters on the team, uh, she, she had an appointment with another girl, and she was about to go back home to her to her home city, home province, or whatever it was. Um, it was like hours away on train, right? So she wanted to meet our our team sister wanted to meet this girl one last time before she had to go home. And so we come out. We, we're leaving at about eight at night. Uh, she 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 wasn't allowed to go by herself for obvious reasons, right? Yeah. And so I came to escort her, and uh, she. She, we were, were riding bikes everywhere in China because everywhere we had to go, was, there's too much traffic to go by by car and it was too far by foot. So we were riding these bikes and basically she she decided to gun it on a on a yellow light and I'm following behind her. I'm thinking, oh, this is a bad idea. Someone's gonna get hurt. Someone's gonna get hit. And right when I'm about to cross the end of the end of the street, that far right lane, you know, right then, right as it passed the last car and then that empty lane. A car speeding through that right and trying to make a quick right turn and I get I get clipped on the tail of my bike and I roll over this this uh it's it's just a two passenger oh, sedan. And you know like the people have exaggerated this story. Some people have said I got hit by a bus and all these <laughs> you things. Got hit by a car, man. <laughs> but it was just a car. Let me just No, uh, it was just a car. <laughs> well, I mean, not just a car, but you know, it was a car and Weren't um, you in a wheelchair? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you can't exaggerate. No, no, that, it was it was kind of exaggerated. Yeah, but like they just happened to have a wheelchair there because uh, oh, Daniel got hit uh, by a car, guys, yeah. on missions. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, man, this is the worst way to die on missions. You know, <laughs> you like you have uh, Jim Elliot who died by a spear because he's trying to reach out to this like indigenous, like, indigenous population. But I'm about to die riding a bike dude, in China. Dude, like you're you're reaching out to indigenous people, spear, car, same thing. <laughs> spear and cars. Are same. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my gosh but it was, it was one of the, the most like awakening moments of my life you know and, okay, okay so what i heard was um you got hit by the thing and the person comes out yeah and then you actually tried to pick up the bike and ride away no, no. <laughs> okay yeah so the car the bike got so jacked up that the right side of it was all dented in like the pedal was all it, it wasn't a pedal anymore let's just put it that way and like the handlebars like in a 90 degree angle and stuff like that too but um basically the people will come out of the car and they'll yell at you like no they're just like oh my gosh we just hit a person and stuff right but china has a lot of people and apparently the way the legal system works there at least just with a beat officer and stuff if a cop comes there basically the person who argues best is gonna get their way at least initially and i don't know how they follow that up in the legal system and stuff but i, I can't speak a word of chinese you know <laughs> what am i gonna say to this guy oh it's okay yeah. uh shit shit <laughs> like you know like, thank you for hitting me on the car and stuff right <laughs> so like i had no idea how <laughs> shit i'm like so like i was like oh whatever just go just go i'm fine and like the thing is that bike was like they told us to guard that bike with our lives in the beginning of missions wait and, why because people get jacked all the time and like you know uh. it's a big portion of our mission budget so like guard this with your life and i have my the sister i was escorting freaking out and stuff like that so oh, i'm she thinking was there. yeah she was there she was right in front of me and she's like oh my gosh and it was like last <laughs> thing i heard before like i don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie armageddon with like bruce willis but right before he triggers that nuke and kills himself he goes to a flashback scene with like his daughter Serves and all that stuff <laughs> yeah and like for me, that moment, like right before I blacked out and started having like flashbacks of me and my mom playing on the swing and stuff like that, 
she's screaming at the top of her lungs and stuff, oh, right? Gosh. And so, like, I get back up and. Everyone's freaking out I'm like oh I gotta show them I'm cool Like I'm a tough guy I gotta get my Like the hair on my chest And my back (laughs) (laughs) You know I'm I'm wearing like a bandana Because it's all like It's super hot And like I'm sweating All over the place So like You look like a gangster That's what you look like You know there's There's a follow up story To that where Yeah there's a problem With that too But uh uh, Yeah I picked up the bike And I walked it back And it took like 30 minutes And I'm like limping And she's freaking out She's walking her bike too And yeah uh, I was in the hospital The next day But I hear that that's the year where the 20 or some odd uh, Christians from a Korean church got arrested in Afghanistan. This also happened to be a year that, that uh, Chandler, Chandler uh, was also in Afghanistan, and they weren't specific. But what, what the people told me was Chinese, the Chinese doctors were telling me was, your people got kidnapped in Afghanistan. Immediately, my thoughts were... Oh my God, my best buddy, like Andrew's out there. He just got kidnapped, and like I'm here in the hospital. What's going on this year in missions and stuff? Later, I find out they're just snowboarding and like Dubai and stuff like that. It was oh my gosh, but anyway, it was one of the most like the most horrid nights of my life in missions. Uh, but yeah, so that was. Uh, I think when I look back on that, we didn't know that was going to happen, yeah. but um, so we were experiencing it. You probably heard that that happened. Before we found out. And then, like, you guys are reactionary to all that stuff. Yeah, because by the time we found out that the people had been kidnapped, we were... The the news travels, like, way slower. Because there's no TV. Sure. There's no phones. Sure. We didn't have any phones. We had a satellite phone that we could only activate if we go into, like, a certain area on a hill. <laughs> like, those things, you know? So, they... the. The people that found out mm. sent drivers out to oh. all the people that they knew. Right, And right. then those people would send, like, drivers out. And those people would send drivers oh, out. Also, it's like a big web of communication. Yeah, so that's the web of communication. You're like in a media black hole, if you if you will. Yeah, so what when we found out, um, it was at night. The, there was another separate team that was, like, closer to the city that got the word. And then that um, the team leader there rode through the night to our place. Oh. And by then, like, it's 8 o'clock. It's dark. Um, it's one of those places that don't have electricity either. So when it goes dark, everyone stops. They just go to sleep. Okay. So like sense. nine o'clock at night, it's pitch dark. You can't see anything. We're about to go to sleep. Like I'm using a flashlight to like figure out what I'm going to teach English to these kids. And I have another story about this, but I'm like, all right, next thing. And we're all feeling kind of sick and we're like, oh, we're so tired and stuff. And then all of a sudden we hear like room and we're like, the owner of the house wasn't there, so we thought that, oh, the owner had returned from a trip. And then all of a sudden, we hear a banging on the door, and we're like, we got to go. And we had all our equipment, we had all our stuff, and we're like, we got to go. It's like, yeah, we got to go. We just received word that we had to get, we have to get out. So through the night, we drive back, and then like, whatever hours, and then we get to the other team, and we're like, we can't leave now, so we'll leave early in the morning, set up transportation, we'll go. And it felt like, you know how the disciples felt like, I guess, in persecution? All right, like... Immediately after Jesus was crucified, it was yeah, night like you got to move, you got to move at night. You gotta, we got to, we got, we're doing the things that the other people are doing to not look like we're, we're different. Like right, right. we just, we can't make a lot of noise. We're always inside. And it, it, the process took like the two, three days to get in, two, three days to get out. Right, right. And that was, that was a trip in itself. And it was, 
it was something that you wouldn't be able to experience anywhere else. And to be able to relate to that persecution, you don't get persecuted here in America. No, not, I mean, like, you the know? worst thing you get is, like, oh, you Christian, da-da-da-da-da, and stuff like that. Or, like, but, yeah, you're a hater because yeah. you're a Christian, <laughs> explained in, like, episode one or whatever. But right. it, it was one of those things where it's just crazy. But one quick story about Afghanistan that I had, um, I guess, it was very crazy for me was that, um, so we were out furthest away from the the capital city mm. and i was like oh it's the weekend after a couple of days of teaching i was like can we go play with the other people because we were only a four or four person team by the time we got that far away it was me our actual team leader was with us and then um two other girls and he's like yeah um we can go just go find a car and i'm like okay what do i do and he's like i'll just just go outside and walk down the street over there and just ask people um, and then he's like, okay, so um, a car is called, like, Flying Tunis, and, like, um, this is how much money we have that we can spend, and um, blah, blah, blah. If you can find a car, we'll go. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Send you so, up there, huh? <laughs> so I just walk out. I'm, like, in the middle of freaking, like, I don't, I'm not going to say the city, but I'm just in the middle of Afghanistan, like, farm country, and I'm just walking around, like, this is great. And, like, little kids, like, look at me, and they're, like, smiling, and they're, like, it's crazy out there that little kids are oh, like piggyback riding their younger brothers, younger brothers but they're like right. three and their younger brothers are like three weeks old. Right, right, right. <laughs> they're walking around. That's how things work out there. They take care of their own people. But I'm walking around like, oh, I'm flying to Nissan Day. Someone's like pointing to a hut over there. And I'm like, um, okay, <laughs> thank you. And I'm like walking and walking. And then I find this guy like carrying like a sack of potatoes or something. And I'm like, um, I say the other city flying to Nice this much. And he's like, he says something in Farsi. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, today? Like, and I write the time and he's like, he nods, but he said some weird things. And it's like, it's crazy because, sir, I don't think, I think they knew the numbering system, but I think they might have had their own numbering system. At least in Cambodia or Thailand, they have their own numbers. That's interesting because the numbers we use right now are based on Arabic numbers, too. Yeah, Aren't maybe they? maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. I forget. It blends in. Okay. But um, I got it. I'm like, okay, like 2 o'clock. He's like, 2 o'clock. <laughs> I don't know. He just points. Right, right. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't know. So I walked back like another like mile or two, and uh, I'm just like, Cause I, oh shoot, <laughs> team leader, um, I'm I'm uh, we got it, we, we got a car. He's like, oh, okay, pick your stuff. He's like, are you sure they're gonna come? He's like, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, like two o'clock hits, he brings a car. And oh, cool. We we roll out there. What did you guys do? What did we do? I don't know. Just. Got together. You got a car. That's, I mean, that's what you guys we did. We got a car. We drove out there and we just we just hung out. Oh, that's pretty cool. And we just played. We there's some guys played soccer with the other guys, and it's high elevation, so like oh. the Afghan kids are running around, and then like the nose starts bleeding <laughs> <laughs> in the middle, and they're like oh rubbing it off. They start they're totally cool about it too. It's like normal. Yeah, they're totally cool oh about my it. Gosh, that's and so bad. Playing playing soccer with the Afghan kids, and I was like, I was singing songs that I was writing, and one of the guys is like, oh, I messed my foot up, and then I was just I was sitting there playing guitar, talking to him, and it, it, it was good stuff, kicking back relaxing and just the weekend is just all good well i mean uh i think that's one of the awesome parts about missions is that uh you know you don't always you're not always able to communicate with the people out there and you have these awkward stories of like trying to figure out how to communicate without actually using the english language right because uh, 
we're very ethnocentric around here. I, I, given that they do teach English around the world as much as they possibly can, but there are lots of parts of the world where I mean they can't even read and write their own language, much less English. And so uh, I mean I think that makes for a lot of interesting stories too. Uh, so one year uh, when I was out on, out on missions, uh, the Native team decided it would be a great idea for us to get oriented in the, into the country by sending us out on a scavenger hunt. So wow. It's the a great native, idea. The native Yeah, like, yeah the native the team. Yeah, they're like, you know what? Uh, you need to know our city because we can't help you all the time, even though we want to. I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. So they had us on like random things. And the first thing we needed to do was get a map. Now, if you can't speak English and you're asking for a map, it's a really interesting thing. So, like, people oh, were how like, "How do you describe map?" Like, you're just like people are pointing at us, "American, American," and like, "Oh, that doesn't really help anybody." Yeah, you know? what does that you're do like for bragging a map? Stuff. <laughs> bragging. <laughs> you know, like, like people are like, "Oh, you're, you're 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 so you're loud and obnoxious." yourself yeah. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then like we had no idea how to do that. It was the most interesting thing because. You come up with your own like ways of developing skills to communicate. Uh, and I think uh, what you just shared with us is a very interesting story too. But like, you know, like what I've learned to do is instead of verbal like like language, I, I try to go like motioning and sound effects and stuff like that. So like one of the things we had to uh, one of the things we had to acquire was a roll of tape because we had to post up signs. All these they're, they're, these native people were super smart about this. Uh-huh. So what they what they had us do is one of our scavenger hunt things was to make a copy of their flyer and tape it around the city, too. Oh, like, so they made you work yeah. for it? <laughs> so they're like, two birds with one stone type of thing, right? Like, oh, no, this is great for you because you get to know the and city. here's my grocery list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, man, I don't know if you ever took a driver's ed with another instructor, but they used to make us do all these, like, errands for them, too. Oh, so I, I didn't have go- to do that. <laughs> I pull in the parking lot, and then, like, they do their grocery shopping. I wait for, like, 30 minutes, and, like, I, I-, I paid for two hours and 30 minutes at that time, which is waiting for them oh, to get their groceries. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, that's yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's another story. But uh, yeah, so they would have us po- post these ta- tape these signs to the wall. But how do you like? How do you uh, ask for a copy machine? And then so like we, we what we did is uh, we motion scanning. Like we got our hand and kind of like as a bar going up and down the paper. And then what, what we would do is make that copy machine sound. You're know, like the zing, and then the wing, <laughs> wing, wing, and like you know like you have to do whatever you can. And I can't show you like my body language and stuff, but like you have to use your body for all this stuff. Motioning tape, you like stretch your arm across and like stick it against the wall and stuff like that. And like it was such a fun experience. But that year was probably my second or third missions and the, the skills that I developed during that year of enabled me to communicate like in any mission country I, I even went on a honeymoon to Spain and yeah sure I, we all learned Sp- Spanish in high school but come on like that doesn't really help anybody anywhere you were in the Catalan Catal- yeah the yeah. Catalan Spanish Gracias. right we're like yeah there are C's or T-H's and stuff yeah. like yeah and like, I was trying to like tell them like something and my wife's just cracking up because I'm trying to co- <laughs> communicate with these people but she's not helping she's cracking up I know like it's always like that right <laughs> like she's the one that needs help and like uh, no I'm just like, what are you doing it's not a venting session here but uh-huh. you know like those mission skills kind of help you anywhere you go I think you develop these basic communicational skills that teach you how to go just about anywhere because you know there, believe it or not there are parts in America where they don't speak English uh, K-Town's a great example <laughs> <laughs> But like, oh, if you, you don't know Spanish store, or liquor store, yeah. you're like, no, <laughs> you know, like uh, King Taco, baby. <laughs> like, I'm like Saboya, more Saboya. I've had like people mas. asking me for help and like looking at me and asking in Spanish, and I'm like, 
I don't, I don't even look Spanish, you know, <laughs> like Hispanic in any way. And they're just asking me in Spanish as, as if I could speak it. And, and like, there are parts in America where you're not going to be able to speak English as much as you would take it, take for granted, you know. And there are parts, other times in life where you're going to have to communicate. It doesn't hurt to learn these other forms of communication. Now, not everyone's making a, uh, willing to make a fool out of themselves like I am, but it kind of helps to break the ice a little bit, too. You know, you're you're trying to act like communicating stuff and they're cracking up, you're cracking up. And like, yeah, it, it gets you closer and able to connect to other people, too. And so I think uh, one of the things that I want to ask you, Andrew, then is, are there any Chandler? Oh, Chandler. <laughs> Sorry, Chandler. Oh, you kept calling me Daniel. I'll, I'll, I'm DP. <laughs> no, but uh, anyway, are there any like skills that you've developed during missions that have helped you in other parts of your life as well? I know people have used it as like resumes and stuff like that, but I'm talking about practical skills that you well, might develop. I think when you're um, when you're leading a team yeah. and you have to take care of people. Um, you develop like social skills, certain guys, certain girls operate differently. And when you're in a place where it's very like you're sensitive, like no one's taking care of you and you, the team leader is the one that's taking care of you. You got to make sure who can take care of themselves, who's not, who's falling behind, who knows what they're doing, who doesn't, who needs a little bit more support. So mm-hmm. like when we're going out, like let's say witnessing or something or like looking for people, just talking to people, um, you got to make sure you're teaming up well um, with the people that are scared that don't know what they're doing and let the people that are excited just go and run around. Mm. You know, um, I think managing people is one of the things that I learned through kind of like a nurturing skill type yeah, of thing. teams like that. Um, also, uh, just having to understand authority in those places. Cause, um, you can't just do whatever you want. You're, you're supporting the people, the staff people that, that are already there as well as your own staff that you're going with. Um, working together with them has been something that's, I've learned a skill. Um, you need to make sure you know when to apologize. You need to make sure you know when to you just run forward and do what they need you to do. Sure. Um, and just also just talking to people, connecting with people, like people, people. Everything's about people when you get when you get down to it. Yeah. You know, yeah missions sure. and you just a lot of it's hanging out and talking and um, connecting on a on a different way since you don't know how to speak the language very well. And just you know like playing sports, like you're playing basketball you're playing basketball you're in korea i'm in korea i'm playing basketball with like our kojisula team our, our beggar retreat team and we're just they're horrible at basketball <laughs> we're horrible at korean but we play it <laughs> it's like <laughs> raining and balls flat and we're just like having fun there's a korean drama right there like oh my like you're just like in the rain you think like- it would be but the flat ball makes you look not cool <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, that's kind of cool because, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you do develop leadership skills and practical skills and all these different things. But uh, if that's where we end our note, uh, you know, like, it'd be totally just like travel stories for each and every one of us. So, uh, I mean, there's the obvious challenge within the scriptures to go and make disciples of all nations and all these other things as well. But what I want to ask is uh, any spiritual lessons that you've learned, maybe testimonies that you might be able to share about, like great things about going on missions, anything like that? Any spiritual testimonies? That yeah, I, I kind of threw that curveball at you, so yeah. maybe I should start just to get this is not in the show notes. Yeah, yeah it's not in the show notes. Um, I actually, I had the privilege of going to Indonesia for missions. I think I mentioned that a couple of podcasts ago. But uh, as many of you may know, Indonesia is uh, predominantly Muslim. In fact, I would say ninety-nine percent. It's one of the few countries where. Uh, 
the religion is the government. So, you know, like, uh, they'll, they'll have holidays catered to, like, religious holidays. They'll have policies based on religious policies and so on and so forth. And here in this country, heart of Indonesia, uh, I had a chance to go out and share the gospel to a number of people on the college campuses. And one of the students that I was actually working with shared one of the most mind-blowing testimonies. Uh, uh, he was actually saying that when, when we were out there, uh, only a couple years before that, I, I don't know if you remember this, but like in like 2001 or two or something like that, there was a big tsunami that swept over a lot of Southeast Asia. And it was, uh, it was bad. And then Indonesia got a big uh, hit by it pretty hard. Uh, they're, they're near the Ring of Fire and all that stuff too. So they're saying that during that time, um, there was a person out in the northernmost province of Indonesia. It's called Aceh. And uh, heart of, like, Muslim territory. Uh, not necessarily Muslim radicals, but, you know, solid foundational Muslims. And um, the story goes, only months before the tsunami hit, there was a missionary that actually had the bravery, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, to go up to Aceh and to share the gospel and so on and so forth. He came across a person who... For the weeks leading up to that encounter, well, I had a recurring dream. Uh, and that dream was this figure in crimson that would talk about constantly saying, come to me, come to me. And he also mentioned this tea. Like, he didn't understand. None of this stuff really connected. And I'm sure many of, you, many of our listeners out there are looking at this and thinking, oh, it's kind of obvious, right? Crimson figure and a tea. And we're like, oh, that's Jesus. Like, duh, right? But it, think about it. Growing up, not with any notion, not with any teaching of Christianity whatsoever. It's blasphemy over there, right? He had no idea. And this, this uh, missionary that braved up to Aceh uh, starts to share about Christ. Of course, not very obviously, but in this, in this vague way to where... Uh, this guy, yeah, this this dude, this man. There, like, there's an immediate connection there with the with the vagueness of the dream and the and the, the correlation of that. And the thing is, what ended up happening was they this person got put into prison. Uh, this like person, a, as in the person having the dreams, the person, yeah, the Indonesian, sharing. the native person, she got put into prison because of their religion. Ultimately, because they were put into that prison, there was a uh, there, it was it served as a shelter for when the the tsunami hit, and they were actually saved wow. more than a lot of other people. It's, it's crazy because, like, oh, we're, we're wondering about these other things, and it's a, it's a discussion for another time, but, like, we're wondering if, there, like, a lot of these charismatic things still happen out on the mission field, and there's stories like this, and it's been passed down. It's, like, a really big, big story for a lot of the Christians in, in Indonesia at the time because it's so mind-blowing. And, like, how did, how did God reach out to this one person, protect them, and use them as this, this figure to really pass on the story of Christ in, in their area? Um kind of sad that though i wasn't personally involved but there is just some crazy things that are happening on the mission field don't you agree i think um we can talk about that more in another episode definitely <laughs> and um well, you know just along that note too uh i got a story okay cool all right short story so um first missions with uh one of the organizations that we were part of together um because i was like the youngest person on the team and uh i wasn't very i didn't have like a translator or something mm. um they're like, you can speak to anyone that speaks English. So any foreigners that look in American or like <laughs> other nationalities that speak English. Right. I was like, okay, I'll go talk to them. So happens that there was another person on campus that was American. Right. And I was like, oh, this is my shot. So I went and I ran over there and I talked to him. And then there are two of them. They're like, blah, blah, blah. They're just talking there in Thailand. It's like, oh, yeah, could I share this with you? And then I shared my gospel tract and then. In the middle of it, they're like, oh, yeah, we know this. You don't have to share this with us. I'm like, oh, is, but is it okay just to finish it? It's like, yeah, well, we're Christian. It's like, oh, okay. And so I stopped right there. And then as we were 
continuing to talk, he basically explained that he was having a spiritual journey with his friend. Oh. And we're, we're going to look at all the other religions out there, and we mm-hmm. believe in all of them. And I was like, I realized at that point that just because you say you're Christian, you know the gospel and stuff, doesn't mean that you... Sh- like, I lost... I kind of lost the chance at that moment. Mm-hmm. I found... I saw him again, and then I was able to finish the tract with him, mm-hmm. which is um, good to the point where he was able to have an experience to um, just see the gospel in its entirety. Right, right. But um, I was kind of shocked. I never experienced someone that would say that I believe in everything. Mm. But then in the beginning of the conversation, he said he was Christian. Oh, I see. So usually people go off by saying that they do believe in all these other religions and stuff like that. Yeah. But not identify themselves as Christian. Per yeah. Se. Yeah. But he said he was specifically Christian, but then he identified with every other religion out there. Yeah. I think that's a growing trend. I, I think we got started touching base on that a couple yeah. of podcasts ago. And I think, uh, with that note, then, um, my mission story was actually more prevalent, um, what is it called? It talks about home. These people are people that we we would meet here that I met overseas. But I think we can we can share anywhere. We don't have to go. You don't have to go. Um, that's what someone says. It's good to go, and it doesn't hurt. I don't think it it hurts you to go. You don't have to do like this draconian thing where God has placed me here to live live here, and I'm just gonna stay here. Which you know, if that's what God called you to do, then do that. Right, that's but so true. It, it doesn't hurt that it expands your perspective, and you're able to help the the people there. And um, there are some negatives with going, and I think you have to always be careful, especially the places that I went to, and the places that you might be thinking of going or wanting to go that God placed in your heart. But test yourself and go. Just do it. Mm. You know, and I think. Christianity is part of that. You make mistakes, you you do what you have to do, and you learn, and you grow, and you take that, and you develop something that God wants you to see, the bigger picture. Yeah, no, I, my, one of my coworkers uh, made the interesting point. Like, uh, we're so caught up in trying to go somewhere else, something exo- do something exotic for missions, that we kind of fail to see the point at times. Like, we go to Mexico, many churches go to Mexico for missions, and, you know, they go to Tijuana or... Or I, I go to Ensenada and like all, all these random places. But you know, for me, like I can just go to my neighbors, and it's like almost the same experience there too. My my uh, my uh, apartment is predominantly Hispanic. I, I've seen like one Korean family tops, and like over three hundred fa- three hundred uh, uh, rooms and stuff like that. And you know, it, it's an interesting point. Uh, we don't necessarily need to go overseas because there's a great need for the domestic missions here. Then do both. Yeah. Why uh, not? Uh, uh, who knows? Like you can maybe you can use them as translators when you go overseas, you know, win them over for Christ and stuff. See. It's not uh, so many people will choose one or the other. Yeah, yeah. But you can do both. It's so true. I mean, yeah. like, uh there's there's non Christians in your in your school, in your workplace and all these different things. But at the end of the day, it's not easy. And I think that's what we wanted to do this it's podcast. Not for. easy for sure. Yeah. That's well, not easy. You got but yeah. To go uh, is not easy. Yeah. To stay is not easy. <laughs> to stay is not easy. None of this. In action is not easy. Yeah. Faith was never meant to be easy. And I think that's kinda what our podcast is about. Uh we want to let you guys know there are people out there that are doing it. We put ourselves as leaders, but Hopefully we've established that we're people too. And yeah, and if you want to go to missions, you don't have anyone to go with. Let us know, and we can hook you up with a, a number of different organizations out there, churches that are out there that want to go. And um, you know, don't take our word for it. Just take our advice, and then take it to someone that you know, and then choose and decide where you, what you want to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, we'll have that. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. Link uh, to that. I don't know. You gotta you gotta tweet at us for that. We're not gonna tell you exactly what the organization. That's are true. We find out more about you and okay. what you're looking for. So we'll have a link to our uh, email or our twitters 
on on that too. So um, thank you for joining us. Uh, hopefully, uh, longest podcast ever so far. Yeah, 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 yeah boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, as you can see, we have a ton of stories and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we talked about a lot more about stories than we were try- trying to talk about missions in itself. Yeah, but uh, hopefully that's fired some of you guys. We'll up have there. we'll have continued topic. You know, it's mission season. Summertime's coming up. Yeah. or summertime's in it, so you might actually be gone. Um, but yeah, you know, um, we'll talk about missions more. This is a topic that we both burn and passionate about. Yeah. So uh, as Passion always, for Jesus, baby, here we go. Here we go. And tweeted us at our our uh, Twitter handles. Tweet, tweet, tweet. We have uh, Chandler, who's at Boom Chandler. Boom, boom, like dynamite. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, Chandler. <laughs> Dynamite P. Dynamite P. That's my uh, <laughs> other. Uh, <laughs> that's my. Uh, what is it? A fantasy. Uh, fantasy handle. Uh, and then you can catch me at my uh, Twitter handle at Super Dan Zero. The number zero. That does All it right. for this week's show, you guys. We that's, love. We love you guys. Well, he does. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, we, we appreciate your listeners out there. We appreciate you guys uh, listening to this podcast, supporting it. Um, we uh, we're, we're in episode three. We're, we're three episodes in. Trinity, three, three episodes. CP three. <laughs> Mother Clippers. Shout out to the Laker fans out there. All right, guys. Catch you later. Bye bye.